0: The St. Albans Podcast Theatre Show with Ben and Susie.
1: Welcome to another theatre show with Susie and...
2: Ben! (laughs) It's 2020.
1: It is! Happy New Year! Happy
2: New Year! And we've... So a lot of theatres out there have been uh, announcing their their seasons for the for the rest of the year
1: well yeah i mean certainly certainly the spring seasons are all up and raring to go and there's so much going on yeah i'm yeah. excited
2: very excited. i feel
1: like it's been such a lull
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how long we've we've been out but it feels like years almost
1: it does such a long time i can't
2: remember how we do this
1: no uh where should we start <laughs> do you know what we were talking about what we need to cover today and we've got some really exciting previews coming up and there is one review that we need to add into today's show and make sure we cover
2: there is, there is. You're going to embarrass me here, I mean, you? yes
1: so at the end of last year you may remember um the abbey theatre put on their christmas show which was george's marvellous medicine starring none other <laughs> than danny smith <laughs> feet also featuring <laughs> ben as george so we will we will be talking about that a little bit later in the show um what do you want to do now we can yeah, do it we now. can talk about we can it now. Do it? Okay. Oh, it
2: just depends if you want to insult me to my face or not.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> anyway, so we will. Um, I think. I mean, why don't you tell tell everyone about the show?
2: So George's marvelous medicine. It was based on, or is based on the Roald Dahl book of a very similar name, uh, and it's about a young boy George, played by me, who um, feeds his grandma some medicine as revenge for her being not very nice. Um, and a review from me. Uh, it was. <laughs> Can
1: you self-review?
2: Well, a, a review of like how it was to be in the show. It yeah. was so much fun. Like the kids were just going absolutely, sort of, bawling their eyes out. At, well, not bawling their eyes, at, <laughs> shouting their heads off. But yeah, yeah. Put the um, put all the ingredients in. Put the horse cure in. Put the chicken cure in. Yeah. Uh, all that sort of stuff. So, it, it, from my my perspective, it was so much fun. Uh, And it was a a great thing to do over Christmas.
1: I think, I have to say, so I came to see it really close to the end of the run. And I was privileged enough to come in and see some of the rehearsals as well. So I had an idea. And I had, um, you know, running commentary from you and Danny on how it was progressing. Mm, When Uh, it was going well and when it wasn't. (laughs) We've all been there. Um, I came to watch it. And I bought my uh, almost three and almost five-year-old to watch it. And uh, I have to say, so as you kind of went in the stage was phenomenal it was beautiful it was absolutely incredible it was so you had um kind of like the inside of the house um kind of like you know opened out that you could see but also kind of to the front of the stage the to the in each of the wings it it was sort of the dairy on one side and the chicken coop on the other so you know kind of kind of farmyard at the front and house towards the back and there was a second layer to the house
2: yeah there was an upstairs
1: and and it was it was incredible so even just looking at it you know Mm. the kids came in that wow this is really cool so they really enjoyed seeing that And then on comes Ben as the audience was still going. And I thought, oh, no. (laughs) Here's the bit where Ben loves the audience interaction in the beginning. And I don't. And here he is. He's going to do it. He's going to start chatting to it. But he didn't. Um, So George came on stage and he was playing with his toys. And it really gave you the sense of this young kid who was just, you know, mucking about with probably his Christmas toys because it's that time of year. Mm. um, Playing with his new toys. And, you know, the, the kids were like, you know, who's that? What are they doing? Except for my little boy, Jake, who yelled out, hi. <laughs> Which, you know anyway um i thought the 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 whole thing was just it got it got me it got the kids really kind of intrigued from the beginning the animals were you yeah, know really fantastic yeah the, really the, well the props done really
2: pulled it out of the bag
1: really well done and um you had a voice do you do a 12 year old voice
2: <laughs> i don't know what my 12 year
1: old voice is <laughs> Do why you,
2: do you <laughs>
1: Whiny boy and I think, you know, so you're not 12. Mm.
2: um,
1: And so I think there was a question, you know, is it it a good idea to have somebody older playing a younger part? I thought it worked really well. Mm. Um, I'm not just saying that because you're here. I'd be mean if I thought so. I did think that worked really well. You know, you also had, though, um, MJ, who we Mm. featured, we had an interview with, playing the grandma. She is not old enough to be, you know, a grandmother by a long shot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, I saw her, she had, actually I saw some of the, the... the photos from rehearsals where she had quite a lot of makeup on to make mm. her look older, which she didn't have when I came yeah, to watch. Yeah, she
2: stepped it back a little but bit. But she had
1: lots of grey in her hair. Mm. Um, I thought she characterised age well. She physically, she she encaptured it, and oh, she was nasty. Yeah, she was um, horrible. Really she? nasty. That was great. Um, and I think you know there were so many technical aspects to the play as well. The the grandma growing um mm. was phenomenal um you know we had um mr and mrs uh george's what well, the crankies aren't they the crankies yes. mum and dad cranky uh, and i just there was a real kind of i said i have said this to danny directly that he was not a very nice husband was he
2: no he was <laughs> awful
1: it <laughs> was one line where he got a bit of a boo from the audience because <laughs> he says to his wife oh you haven't done much so
2: far <laughs> yeah she's like oh i can help you and he, she's like, he's like no you haven't helped Helped much so far,
1: and it's. I mean, it was nice. Like, so it's four of you. Mm. Um, it felt like you. You count. You you worked together well as a cast. It felt like you were. You know, it was convincing. The relationships felt. You know, good. It was. You know, there was the pushing and shoving between the husband and wife, but equally, you know, when she got it right and she would got the medicine, and mm. you know, there was that kind of love. Um, you got a really good sense that they were working the farm, particularly in the beginning. There was the ins and the outs from from the um killian and lisa and i thought it worked really well um the audience interaction though Mm. yeah because you you say
2: that it was a cast of four really it was a cast of five the audience (laughs) played a a large role in it really
1: they did and i i just thought i mean i was there and there was kids of all ages um actually there's a little there was a a young boy and i apologize to the parents if you're listening to this because the young boy in front of jake did not appreciate how involved jake got in it (laughs) um but you know he loved kind of shouting out, put it in, and you know mm. all of this stuff. Um, my little girl, however, who's nearly five, was quite upset that you know you were putting dangerous things in these <laughs> like medicine. She was, what they're going to hurt her? So I think she was quite relieved. Um, now the analysis I got, um, now albeit only from my own children at the end, but I did mm-hmm. interview the audience. First of all, when it ended, Emily, who's the nearly five, was in a massive strop. Oh. Really angry. It was too short. Oh. So there's your big first bit. Then afterwards, and they relaxed a little bit and got over the disappointment that they had finished. Uh I think the word epic was used. Epic. I know. I That's know. what the kids say. Now, That's isn't what it? they say. So um I mean, all in all, like huge sums up, what a incredibly difficult production in terms of, you know, the the all the chickens mm. all the different kinds of chickens all the props all the animals the, the tractor mm. I didn't mention the tractor which oh, was a yes. an adaptive mobility scooter
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: and it got driven on the stage I mean you know hats off to Sinead the director because she really thought of everything um and the huge team mm. the enormous team of people it felt that like we had together. the
2: entire Abbey involved in it working on it in some some way shape or form it was was such a team effort it was incredible it
1: was really good so you know i'm sure people who went to see it would agree and um you know look forward to seeing what gets pulled out next time yeah indeed (laughs) so on that note i mean that's our that's our only review really left over from last year um I actually caught up with Jo Emery uh, earlier this week to talk about her play, which is I guess the first play that we've got kicking off Mm. theatre season. Um, So this is a play called Rough Sleeper. It's being put on by Jojo Productions, which is Jo's own uh, kind of production company and it's going on at the Maltings Arts Theatre. And as you might expect, it's a play about homelessness. Um, now, Jo's actually written this play as well. And you'll mm. hear in the interview, uh, you know, that it you know, sort of through her work, own work with homelessness. And it feels like it's been such a growing issue locally and nationally. Um, and she was inspired to write this play, kind of bringing together lots of different stories about, you know, why people get to the point of homelessness. Mm. Um, so let's go and see what yeah, she said let's about hear what that. what she has to say. Great. <laughs> I am joined in the podcast studio by Jo Emery. Hi, Jo. Hi, Susie. <laughs> jo has come <coming laughs> to talk to me about um, a new play. So this is a play called Rough Sleeper, Yep. and it's going to be on in the Maltings Arts Theatre. Yep. When is it on?
3: Okay, so um, opening night is Thursday 23rd of January, and it's on the Friday 24th and Saturday 25th as well. Lovely. So three nights three in total.
1: Nights. Yeah. So let's talk about the play. You have written this play yourself. That's correct, yes. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, why have you written the play?
3: Um, well, I felt that the subject was something that was really pertinent and uh, relevant and topical. And also i started started... Um, in 2019, uh, sort of like March, April, I started volunteering at um, a homeless charity, Open Door on Brickett Road, um, because I felt that's something I just was drawn to, wanted to do. I'd seen lots of homeless people on the streets and mm. it was something I had, had a bit of time and I wanted to do it. So then, whilst I was really doing the uh, volunteering, it, it, as a third person, it struck me that no one was really writing about this. I mean, I mean there are companies called like Cardboard City who do um uh, theatre productions that are based around homelessness so Mm -hmm. it's it's not it's not not being addressed it's um it's just um something that I felt I wanted to write about so um,
1: and it feels like it's quite a big issue in St Albans it feels like it's become more prevalent over maybe the last sort of Mm -hmm. year 18 months
3: I think yeah there are reasons for which um if you do research, you can find out why. Which is why I did mm-hmm. do quite a lot of research because um, I really was worrying, you know, w- wanting to know what what the reasons were for um, this sudden increase, and not just in St Albans but across the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there has to be some reason for this. You know, you can't, you can't um, dismiss it as um, yeah, just a, something that's. Um, a coincidental thing. It's, it, there are reasons for it happening, and uh, so I think if you if you come to see the play, you'll you'll see uh, some of the reasons um, that are outlined or mentioned in in the play.
1: So, is it quite a political yeah. driv- politically driven play?
3: There are elements of. Uh, political um, policy or governmental mm-hmm. policy which um, historically go back decades yeah so it's not about one party or another or you know one system being better than mm-hmm. another it is a perfect storm um, the crisis that we're seeing of many many different elements uh, yeah. it isn't it isn't meant to be um, c- partisan coming down on one particular side although I suppose if you really wanted to uh, point a think. about well, i mean you know maybe you don't but um if you wanted to say what has exacerbated certain things about it you could point to some elements which have you know like safety nets being removed austerity mm-hmm. policies mm-hmm. um again you know it, you, you make your own decision your own judgment and do your own research i'm not i'm not commenting particularly um but uh yeah, I mean, you bring it to I'm, life. I'm trying not to be too... <laughs> too <laughs> positive <I see> <laughs> but I'm trying to be too dramatic, but I think, you know, you can, you can make your own decisions while doing your own research. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about the play itself. It's a one-man um, piece, Yes, is it well? The it's written from the point of view of a, of a man mm-hmm. who could be anyone. Okay, uh, I am trying to make it as generic as possible. So Does he have a name? Yeah. He, no, he doesn't. He's, He's just man. called man because I am mm. um, trying to. Uh, you know, when you give someone a name, you can all, that that automatically labels someone as a, in a social strata, mm-hmm. or um, and I didn't want to do that. I want I deliberately wanted to leave that completely free of any mm-hmm. um, label or um, connotation. Yeah. Um, so that people can sort of imagine that you know without without any sort of inference about this person where he's come from, but I mean you'll see from the story that he tells, this fictitious story by the way, um, that he he does have a background. But um, again, you know I don't I don't want to I don't want to put too much prescription into this. Mm-hmm. So you know you could call him anything really. Yeah.
1: I think that's interesting because you know again I've seen a few plays over the last year or so where some parts have been you know left quite generic in that in that way and it's really powerful in Mm. in the way of exactly to say not you you then make the assumption of the audience you you do put them into a certain place but you're not told where to put them culturally you would
3: you would make an association with someone who has a certain name so I didn't want to do that. I deliberately didn't want to do that. And I that. guess some of the
1: experiences yeah. that he'll kind of divulge through the telling of the story yes. will will then kind of give you the opportunity to say, well, I, I recognise that or I, yeah. I've got no kind of empathy towards that, you know, yeah. those, those kinds of things and, yeah. and enable you to kind of make but those connections. His
3: stories has got elements that will <coughs> excuse me, most people will connect with mm. um without making it too too restricted. Mm. So I think that the idea is it's it's going to be quite like universal yeah. more, more more of a universal feel in its in its scope and breadth than just like limiting it to um a certain person in a certain way of life from a certain culture from a certain but I mean you know there are it has to be rooted in some kind of reality so um yeah you have to you have to have a starting point um Great. yeah
1: interesting all right we will join joe again um shortly so stay with us
2: That was really interesting to hear from Jo. Uh, And we'll hear more from her uh, later on in the show.
1: Absolutely. In the meantime, though, you've been doing a bit of uh, interviewing yourself on your own, haven't you? Yes,
2: I caught up with Tim Hoyle, director Mm -hmm. of Alligators, and just chatted to him a little bit about uh, what that play is on the Abbey Theatre. Great stuff. Let's go to him. So, just moving on to you, what's your background in local theatre? How did you get started? Well, um,
0: I... (laughs) There was a biog of me once when I was in my late teens, I think, um, in in a play and it said Tim was born on the stage, which is (laughs) not strictly true but not not far off. My grandfather was a professional actor um, and so my mum, his daughter, was involved in theatre as well, so was my dad, they met through being involved in a show. um, And I started being taken to the theatre when I was about three. Um, And when when I was seven, we moved down to um, the home counties, uh, down to Bedfordshire. And the first thing that my mum and dad did was go and seek out the local amateur theatre company and joined. And so from then, I started going down to help. At the time, I wasn't allowed to be on stage because I was too young. Mm. Um, Eleven was the minimum age to be in the youth groups. So I used to do backstage work and help build sets and paint things and so on. Um, a search for props, blah, blah. Um, and as soon as I was 11, they put me in a play. to celebrate my 11th birthday. So that was a bit of a proud moment. And I've, I've not stopped since, to be honest. And then I started directing about 25 years ago, because I'm really old. Um, <laughs> that was with another company in, in St Albans. And then I, I became part of the, the company of 10. And I've been there for probably about 23 years now. Um, I directed quite a few shows there as well, as being in a lot as well.
2: And do you, do you prefer directing? Do you prefer acting, or is that like are they That's two different choosing things? Choosing you between can't? your
0: children, how okay. can you say that? Um, my standard answer to that is is that whichever one I'm doing at the time. Mm. Um, directing takes an enormous commitment. Uh, I mean, for example, on this play on alligators, I've been working on this for about a year. Uh, I've been in other plays during that time, but when you're in a play then it's usually a six, seven week rehearsal process and then the run. When you're directing one, it's gathering the ideas. I read the play and I reread it and I reread it and sometimes I type the whole script out just so I get to know all of it back to front, including all the stage directions the whole lot. Um, I'm working out my ideas and what I want with it and how I think it should be. And then of course you get some crew involved and they've got other ideas so my ideas change and then the mm. cast come on and it all changes again um, but that's part of the, ma- the wonderful part of it so yeah.
2: And what would you say to someone who's thinking about getting involved in local theatre but doesn't quite know how to do it?
0: Well an easy way to do it is to come down to the Abbey Theatre and, and say you want to be involved there are, there are posters up saying how you can get involved and um, but it's it's a really friendly sociable place that's for me, is, is the reason I'm still here. I mean, I don't actually live in St Albans anymore, but I come back here because there are so many friends here. Mm. Um, I, I would just highly recommend anyone to do it. There are so many things involved in putting on a show. It's far more than the acting. Um, there's obviously the acting, the directing, there's all the backstage jobs, but there's lots of other things too. We need people to do um, the publicity. We need people to be on the bar, to do the front of house, to be in the box office, to you know just sort of to run the building. Mm. Lots and lots of things. So um, and everybody that's involved, we've got you know a fairly large membership. Everybody that's involved, whatever their role, are all equally important. And that's so, and it's
2: great fun. That's why we do it. It's a hobby. Uh, Thanks, Tim. And you can find tickets to Alligators at abbytheatre.org.uk and Alligators is running from the 24th of January to the 1st of February. All those details will be on our website and in the podcast description. Thanks, Tim. Thanks very much, Ben. Take care.
1: Great stuff. That's sounding really, really interesting. What else are we, uh, you know? What else have we been up to? Who else have we been talking well, to? Well, as
2: part of our focus on other areas of the theatre, mm. other than just acting, because actors often like to come in and give interviews <laughs> and things like that, we thought we'd focus on costume for this mm, section. Okay. So I caught up with Jill Stratford to talk about her work uh, with costume. Brilliant stuff. I'm here with Jill Stratford uh, of the Abbey Theatre, and I'm sure many other places. Fame. How's it going, Jill?
4: Fine, thank you. Yes, just about to start work on the next production.
2: Yes, and that that production is?
4: Uh, The next thing I'm working on is Zoosical, which is the musical which the Youth Music will be doing in April.
2: And so in terms of your role as a costume department overall, what what, what do you tend to do personally?
4: Um, I tend to IC, so I'm in charge of... um, several shows a year usually. Um, I nearly always do youth music um, and then probably another five or six during the year. Um, I also run the hires department in the theatre and I generally help with most productions if I'm not involved in any other capacity.
2: So the hires department, what, what do they do?
4: Uh, it's, we don't hire for fancy dress, we hire to other companies or to schools um, who are putting on productions. And they usually come along, the idea is they come along with their measurements of their cast and have a look and see what we've got, take it away and try it on and bring it back, swap Mm. around. It can take quite a few visits depending on how precise they are with what they know what they want in (laughs) the first place. (laughs) We have a few costumes that go out very regularly, Mm. um, things that we've made and people know that we've got. Such as? Uh, we have the three air stewardesses costumes <laughs> from Boeing Boeing, which we did a few years ago. And our wardrobe ladies made a lovely job of putting together three air stewardess costumes mm. which are relatively forgiving in size, so they, they can be used by a sort of a variety of people mm. and was complete with the proper the correct hats and the correct insignia and also the flight bags as well. Mm. So those have gone out twice in about the last eight months
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so we talked we touched a little bit on it there but what does a costume department do what are you in charge of what 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 do you do in order to make sure that the costume looks as good as it possibly can
4: well we start off by talking to the director about their um vision of, of the play um we read it ourselves so that we also have a vision and we have a discussion uh, to reach an agreement to mm. uh, what we're going to do um there are practical considerations as well. People have got to get in and out of costumes possibly very quickly. Mm. Um, so we look at what will look good, obviously what will fit, what will work. Um, if people are playing multiple parts, have they got time to change a whole costume, or will they just have to change keep the same trousers and change jackets and hats and that sort of thing? Um, so we we start off by a disc- with a discussion with director then meet the cast and measure them and look at their colouring and and that sort of thing. Talk to the designer about how the colouring of the set so that we're not dressing everybody the same colour as the set so they all disappear into it or something like that. Mm. Um, So once we've done that, we then get a selection of costumes out for people to try um, and we have some fittings. Sometimes the directors come along so that they can see what we're doing. Sometimes they'll just come up and... Get an overview once we've put everything together. Mm. Um, Some directors are more hands-on than others. And once we've done fittings, we'll do alterations and finalise, put accessories together. Um, Things like handbags and glasses and that sort of thing come under Mm. costume rather than. And then,
2: do you have any um, any role during the show as well?
4: During the show, um, we're we're there every night. There's always somebody there, even if there aren't quick changes. We might not necessarily spend all evening there, but there will be somebody there making sure that the costumes are are still all in one piece, you know, buttons to be sewn on and hems to sew up and that sort of thing. We might sometimes need as many as two or three people Mm. all evening per night to help people get their hair done, quick changes. Um, We take take the washing away and do it three or four times during the run Mm. so that... People can be comfortable in their costumes, and then at the end we take it all apart and wash it all and put it away again. Yeah.
2: And so are there any interesting sort of challenges or um, uh, fu- you know yeah. funny requests that um, you've had?
4: <laughs> well, I think one of our recent challenges was uh, one of our challenges was recently, which mm. is, uh, as you know, George's Marvelous Medicine, um, we had grandma who had to grow and get bigger. So her costume obviously had to grow as well. Mm. So we had to figure out how to make it look as if her skirt had grown with her. Um, we had um, we did a play a few years ago which involved all of the wives of Henry VIII um, and also one or two other royal personages, such as Queen Elizabeth I. Mm. And the wardrobe ladies then made some beautiful costumes for that (laughs) and and because they had to be quite historically accurate Mm. there wasn't it wasn't a case of that'll do we had to get things so that they looked right so that was quite a big challenge um there's been masks and things made with beautiful masks that were made for um a few shakespeare plays um sometimes the challenge is how to do the quick changes Mm. um The Youth Music did um, Our House two or three years ago. And in that, there's a character who flips from being good Joe to bad Joe. Good Joe dressed all in white, bad Joe dressed all in black. And very, very quick changes Mm -hmm. for that. So figuring out how we were going to do those changes was quite a challenge. Quite a challenge for the young man playing the part as well. (laughs)
2: Thanks, Jill. We will be back and we'll hear more from you in a bit. Hi, I'm Matt Adams,
0: the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for the St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm, and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St. Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com.
1: I'm back with Joe Emery, uh who's joined me in the podcast studio to talk about Rough Sleeper, which is the the play that Joe has written and will be performed at the Maltings Arts Theatre from the twenty-third to the twenty fifth of January. Um so talk to me about um we've talked a little bit about how you wrote the play and the the influences behind it and the fact that it's the one man. So um it's uh the You've got one man in it. Um, and you've cast um two two men. In, oh, sorry, two characters. Two characters. Two you can characters. say that out loud. It's oh right. yeah. Just, no, just like, <laughs> there's like two um, characters. There's two like actors. At the, myself. I'm That's actually, yeah, yeah, I'm actually taking
3: a very small role. Mm-hmm. Cameo bits, just walk on, say a few bits, and walk off. As three different female characters. Okay. And then I have another actor, um, Andrew Faber, who's absolutely superb, um, a lovely actor who, um, very generously, said he would help out with um. The other male roles so there's about three or four okay. male roles as well right. I mean that come in different I'm not going to spoil it but no <laughs> no Okay. he comes and does different roles so there's a lot of multi-role mm-hmm. um acting from myself and, and Andrew and, okay. and but Hayden just um Hayden Davis takes Davies. The, the the main role mm-hmm. um, of man he's he's just himself all the way through
1: and yeah. we've seen Hayden uh in a few things so we saw him mm. in The Father which yeah. you directed uh at the yeah. beginning of 2019 yeah. Um, and uh, you know seen him in a couple of things for Ovo yes uh, he's done a yeah, yeah, he's been in yeah. um, Macbeth I think I saw yeah. him in yes he did Macbeth yes, um, yes. so and, and you guys have been rehearsing um, how, how long has yeah. your kind of rehearsal period been for it
3: okay so um, I wrote the play over the summer last year 2019 and um, I sent it to Hayden and I said um, would you help me workshop this because i quite like to put it on at some point mm. next in 2020 and and um, I said what do you think of it you know tell, tell me honestly <laughs> I know it needs a bit of like working um re, you know rewrites you know edits and you know tightening up and everything mm-hmm. but it's the first draft what do you think and he's like yeah I really like it and um would love to do it so it kind of went from there I wasn't expecting him to say yes and so we it just mushroomed from that point and then we decided that we would do a read through and then you know we could see where the bits that weren't working needed Mm -hmm. editing um rewriting touching up you know tweaking all the rest of it yeah and um the next stage was through sort of September that was the sort of September time and then October November we met once uh, or twice a month, literally, okay. just to do read throughs and and um start to sort of do about seven or eight pages at a time, so he'd spend two weeks learning it and then like do about a quarter of an hour's worth of stage time. Mm-hmm. Justin well, really good at learning lines Yeah, me. He? Oh He's a really gosh. fast study. This guy has got the memory. <laughs> I have the and to- big the biggest Is it respect. photographic?
1: Cuz I, I, I don't sure. know how he does it. I don't uh, know how he does it. I don't know, it. know either.
3: I mean, I have like the most incredible respect for this guy. or yeah. um, well, anyone actually who can remember that amount of lines cuz it's it's coming in about an hour an hour 15 an hour 20. And when you've got um, like that to hold yeah.
1: the majority of the yeah. the script as well. I mean, so Joe and I were in the Vagina Monologues two years ago yeah. now, two Gosh, years ago February. Time, fly. <laughs> time flies. Um, and so we each had a you know quite lengthy monologue yeah. to learn yeah. and that was, <laughs> I, know. I mean I, yeah. I, I I sort of dreamt that monologue for months and months but I, you know, yeah. I, I yeah. see Hayden sort of pick up lines in quite a different way. I mean that's mm-hmm. quite a challenge isn't it where, I mean mm-hmm. as you said there are other characters but is the majority, I mean I saw it described as a monologue, is the is is majority of it yeah. he's just telling. So that's,
3: oh it's 95% is Wow. Is, is just Hayden yeah That's then it's 5% of the possibly a bit more but not much more is is, is um the little walk on bits yeah. with the other characters yeah. which just pro- provide re- light relief from yeah. his Brilliant. um from his story but also just give it a little bit more flavor yeah. i mean i was inspired as well by fleabag yeah um the way that she infused that with um although it's a monologue she infused mm-hmm. it with other characters yes. and um they weren't like huge character characterizations but yeah. you, it was enough to give you a flavor of uh, other people in her life and how they've impacted her yeah. story so I think that was a, a really big inspiration oh yeah watching um Phoebe Waller-Bridge perform and write that so yes. yeah definitely. yeah
1: and she took that to the stage well I, yeah I didn't she see, did did you yeah. see it um I
3: watched the um National Theatre live version yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, very interesting, very different from the telly yeah but a uh, different medium different genre yeah, yeah.
1: it's fascinating yeah. Um, so I I mean I think that's, that's it sounds fantastic we're looking forward to come see it um, so to, we will put a link um, oh, we'll put a link on the website uh, so so if you look in the notes for here you can yeah. you can find your tickets so Joe um, we're actually you are actually choosing to support some local charities. Um, with this show as I'm, well. I'm
3: allowing. Um, I've invited people to come and uh, fundraise. So there's three local charities that are coming to fundraise um, at the event in tandem um, with the show. So Brilliant. we've got the first night. We've got Open Door, which is um, on Brickett Road, which is the place that I volunteer at mm-hmm. um, once a week, and um, they are amazing charity no all of them all the charities are amazing actually and Um, they provide meals and yeah they do they do they provide meals and shelter they have service users and um they have an incredible team of people there and it's um fantastic and so they're coming um one night and then the other charities that we've got are hearts young homeless which is um another fantastic charity although i don't volunteer for them Mm -hmm. particularly myself Um, they're amazing and they're coming as as well and then we've got Emmaus coming in Mm -hmm. another night to fundraise too so three incredible charities I mean they're not the only ones we've got I I wish I could invite everyone but unfortunately (laughs) I can't three to start (laughs) yeah no I mean you know if I did it did some more um, performances later in the year I mean I would invite the other ones too so I do want to make it as inclusive yeah as possible um, just to raise awareness and um, yeah I'm really pleased to be giving these um, incredibly important charities a platform um, to not only raise awareness but to, f- to do some fundraising—it's it's 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 a really m- big win-win for me. I'm I'm so proud that they're coming along. So it's great.
1: Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Well, get your tickets. Um, wish you all the best to the show, Joe. Thank you um, very much. We will speak Thank to you, you again. Thanks, Thanks a you. lot. Thank you.
2: So, just moving on to you, what's your background in local theatre, how did you get started? Well, um, I,
0: there was a biog of me once when I was in my late teens, I think, um, in, in a play, and it said Tim was born on the stage, which isn't strictly <laughs> true, but not, not far off. My grandfather was a professional actor, um, and so my mum, his daughter, was involved in theatre as well, so was my dad, they met through being involved in a show, um, and I started being taken to the theatre when I was about three, um, and when, when I was seven we moved down to um, the Home Counties, uh, down to Bedfordshire, and the first thing that my mum and dad did was go and seek out the local amateur theatre company and joined, and so from then I started going down to help. At the time, I wasn't allowed to be on stage because I was too young. Mm. Um, 11 was the minimum age to be in the youth groups. So I used to do backstage work and help build sets and paint things and so on Um, and search for props, blah, blah. Um, And as soon as I was 11, they put me in a play to celebrate my 11th birthday. So that was a bit of a proud moment. And I've I've not stopped since, to be honest. And then I started directing about 25 years ago because I'm really old. That was with another company in in st albans and then i i became part of the the company of 10 and i've been there for probably about 23 years now um and directed quite a few shows there as well as being in a lot as well
2: and do you do you prefer directing do you prefer acting or is that like are they two different choosing you between your
0: children how <laughs> can you say that um my standard answer to that because is that whichever one i'm doing at the time mm. um directing takes an enormous commitment uh, I mean, for example, on this play, on Alligators, I've been working on this for about a year. Uh, I've been in other plays during that time, but when you're in a play, then it's usually a six, seven week rehearsal process and then the run. When you're directing one, it's gathering the ideas. I read the play and I reread it and I reread it and sometimes I type the whole script out just so I get to know all of it back to front, including all the stage directions, the whole lot. Um, and working out my ideas and what I want with it and how I think it should be, and then of course you get some crew involved and they've got other ideas, so my yeah. ideas change. And then mm. the cast come on and it all changes again. Um, but that's part of the ma- the wonderful part of it. So yeah.
2: And what would you say to someone who's thinking about getting involved in local theatre but doesn't quite know how to do it? Well, an easy way to
0: do it is to come down to the Abbey Theatre and, and say you want to be involved. <laughs> there are there are posters up saying how you can get involved and. Um, but it's, it's a really friendly sociable place that's for me is, is the reason I'm still here I mean I don't actually live in St Albans anymore but I come back here because there are so many friends here mm. um, I I would just highly recommend anyone to do it there are so many things involved in putting on a show it's far more than the acting um, there's obviously the acting, the directing there's all the backstage jobs but there's lots of other things too we need people to Um, do the publicity we need people to be on the bar to do the front of house to be in the box office to you know to run the building Mm. lots and lots of things so um, and everybody that's involved we've got you know a fairly large membership everybody that's involved whatever their role are all equally important and that's so and it's great fun that's why we do it
2: it's a hobby Uh, Thanks, Tim. And you can find tickets to Alligators at abbytheatre.org.uk. And Alligators is running from the 24th of January to the 1st of February. All those details will be on our website and in the podcast description. Thanks, Tim. Thanks very much, Ben. Take
3: care.
0: Hello, I'm Simon Carver. Join me and Danny Smith on our new podcast, The St Albans Film Guide. Each week we'll be looking at what's on at the cinema, the top ten, uh, new releases, and also what's on TV over the coming week on all the free-to-air channels. Now, if you want to find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St Albans Podcast. Alternatively, you can go to stalbanspodcast.com to find out more. So that's The Film Guide with me, Simon Carver, part of The St Albans Podcast in association with the Arts Advertiser.
2: And we're back with Jill. So Jill, how did you get started uh, in local theatre? What, what, what was your journey? Did you start off very young or did you...
4: Yeah, I was yeah. a member of a, a junior company ooh, um, in my teens mm-hmm. um, and it was a company where we, we acted, we were in productions up until about the age of 17 and after that... If we were still around, not having gone to university or or still being local, we did backstage. So I started off, I did a couple of shows with them. We used to do just kind of one big show a year, really, Um, and then did a couple of years of props and wardrobe and that sort of thing after that. I didn't do an awful lot again then until about, I suppose, 25 or so years ago when I joined the Light Operatic in Harpenden and I was in some shows there I did Mm. wardrobe I did props a couple of times so then I just wanted to do a bit more acting in straight plays still happy to carry on doing wardrobe so I joined the company of 10 um and again I've done some acting there but mostly wardrobe is what I do um it's it's very enjoyable Mm. um a lot of contact with the cast um and it's always good fun. You know, <laughs> it, it's lovely. Most, most people are, are great fun to work with. We always have a good time.
2: Mm. And so what would you say to someone they're thinking about, oh, I'd like to get in, like, involved with local theatre. Costume sounds fun, but I don't really know, you know, what do I need to get involved in costume?
4: Well, we don't necessarily need to be able to sew. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we always say to people because there are loads of jobs that can be done that don't involve any complicated sewing mm. um, of the dressing during the run, um, helping to get things out, and the measuring and that sort of thing. But also it's a good way if you fancy doing it but don't have the sewing skills, come along and learn. We're mm. always happy to teach people. Um, the best thing is to um, look on the website. Um, there are details there about how to join. Um, and we have a membership secretary who, um, whose name is on the website who be, can be contacted with details about coming along as a new member and seeing around the theatre. Um, the theatre manager or the membership secretary would always put somebody in contact with me mm. and if you're not, not sure if you want to join, get in contact with me and I'll show you round wardrobe and round the theatre and tell you a bit more about it, about how we work.
2: And all of the details uh, for finding that will be in the podcast description. So thanks, Jill. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
4: No, I think that's it. We, it's come along and have some fun, actually. It's great fun and we always welcome lots more people to join us in the, in the wardrobe department. <laughs> Brilliant.
2: Thanks, Jill. It's all
4: right. Nice. Check that you can hear it.
1: Wow, what a lot a a of stuff we've covered.
2: It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're back, we're back in the groove.
1: I just, it's so, it's so fun to be able to talk to people about what's coming up, but also, you know, hearing from Jill about the other things that people get involved in. Mm. Um, really interesting as well. So, yeah, because um,
2: every, every show needs a costume in, in some way, shape or form, they even do. if it's just your own clothes. Yes, still it's still good to it's be still thought of, about.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, if you're listening and you think, well, I've, I've worked on you know sound lighting also costume I know mm. shoe design, props, props, props. Oh, we should talk to Deborah. Who going right back to the beginning? who did an awful lot for the props of George. Mm. Um, but anyway, I mean, if you've got any, if you've got any experience there, you want to come and chat to us about how you got involved, why, um, or if you're interested in it, you know, drop us a line. Um, it's Susie at the, the theatre. Oh no, gosh, what is it? It's been too long. <laughs> Susie, Susie at, at St Alban's, St. Albans
2: Podcast dot com or Ben at St Alban's Podcast dot com. Or if you want to reach both of us, it's Theatre Show at St Alban's Podcast dot com.
1: Whew. And you can check the website as yes. well. Well, you know, which is St dot Funnily enough, if you haven't puzzled <laughs> that one out, by now. So um, coming
2: up uh, on the next show, we ooh. will have a review of alligators and a review of Rough Sleeper. Yes,
1: so we can tell you exactly what we thought, you know, after we've heard what we we should be expecting, but mm. we'll hear what we should think as well, what we think as well. Um, but also hopefully a couple more previews and, and a little bit sort of to be decided because there's so much coming on Mm. um but probably looking at you know the next ups at the you know Abbey and ovo for sure um and and if
2: you'd particularly like um us to feature what what you've got coming up or yep. what you've got next on uh do get in touch with us at are the aforementioned, aforementioned email address <laughs> the
1: ones that the right ones are not the ones that yes. i tried to say and yeah we don't just cover in st albans so if you're listening from further afield we've spoken to people in the what for pump house we speak to the barn theater and um, in Welland as well so you know get in touch we just want to we want to hopefully get more and more people wanting to go and see some of the fab stuff that's, mm. that's and going get involved on. as well get involved brilliant
2: All that remains to be said is thank you to the Hearts advertiser, thank you to everyone who's uh, allowed us to interview them, get in touch, and um, have have some of their views. Thank you, Susie. Oh, thank you, Ben. Uh, for yet another <laughs> year, I'm sure of theatre wonderfulness. A
1: whole year, yay! All right, thank you everybody, and thanks
2: to the audience for listening.
1: Yeah, bye.